The Gospel reading is from the 12th chapter of Mark, beginning at the 28th verse. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Today's gospel lesson is worth pondering. We hear from Christ and he sums up what a life of faith is all about. As he travels in his ministry, many questions are tossed his way. Often the questioners are his adversaries trying to trip him up. Sometimes he speaks in parables and his answers seem murky to the listeners. On other days, his answers are so clear and convicting that his angered opponents plot against him. In the 12th chapter of Mark, we read that a scribe asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? They say there are no stupid questions. But that's not really true, is it? What we get in this scripture is Jesus' patient answer to a no-brainer question. This scribe, supposedly a learned Jewish man, asks something that every Jew should know. Yes, there are a lot of Jewish laws, but everyone should know the answer to this question. Jesus gets plenty of questions from all kinds of people. Sometimes his answers are so profound and surprising. In fact, earlier this same day, Jesus is quizzed by other folks with a really tricky question. A question designed to be a trap. He's asked, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? This looks like a no-win situation. If he says pay the tax, he's advocating that they pay exorbitant taxes to the Roman occupiers. If he replies, don't pay, he's inciting rebellion. So either way, he will dangerously alienate a powerful group. I bet you remember what he says. How does he reply? Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Yep, since it's Caesar's face on the coin that's presented to him, that coin is claimed by Caesar. But the real question here is what things are God's? What's to be given to him? All of life is his. Each person's totality, 
Each breath we take is a gift from God. Our lives and all that is in them belong to him. We know this to be true. And the Jews of Jesus' day knew it too. Sometimes Jesus has an answer that is a major wow. And this is one of them. It's so profound that everyone marvels. A question of deep import, as well as great trickiness, has been answered with insightful guidance. And now later on the same day, we have a dim scribe asking, which commandment is the most important of all? I say dim because if he was trying to pose a sly question, this one certainly did not fit the bill. Jesus will answer clearly and be easily understood. In his answer, he quotes the Old Testament in a passage that's familiar to all Jews. It's an unmistakable answer to an easy question. So easy, in fact, that Jesus could have drawn out the answer from this Jewish scribe by asking him a simple question. How do you begin your day? Let me explain. Jesus answers the scribe by quoting a portion of the Shema. Shema means here in Hebrew. And here is the first word in the Shema. The Shema is the central prayer of the Jews proclaiming God is one. The Shema is the centerpiece of the daily morning and evening prayers. It's traditionally recited with the hand over the eyes. Here's a woman praying the Shema with her hand over her eyes. It's usually the right hand. The Shema begins with Deuteronomy 6.4, which is, of course, part of the Torah in the Hebrew Bible. Torah is spelled T-O-R-A-H and generally refers to just the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Do you remember how Jesus answers the question about what is the most important commandment? What does he say? In English, the beginning of his reply translates as, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Of course, since Jesus is quoting the Torah, what language does he actually reply in? Good, Hebrew. Hebrews read from right to left, so here's what he says. Shema Yisrael Eloheinu Adonai Echad. This first verse of the Shema is considered the most essential declaration of faith. It's followed by a response that's traditionally recited in an undertone, a responsive reading. In English, the response says, Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. And then the following words of Deuteronomy 6 are said. And here we get more of what Jesus replied to the scribe. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul 
and with all your mind and with all your strength. So Jesus says the opening words of the Shema in answer to the question about the greatest commandment. It's a passage of scripture every Jew knew well. In fact, they said it every day. At the beginning and end of the day, prayers are said in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9 is how those prayers begin. The right hand is placed over closed eyes and these words of God are repeated. The Shema firmly acknowledges allegiance to God alone. To recite the Shema is to wholeheartedly accept the Lord as Lord of life again and again and again. When the scribe asked Jesus his question, he wanted to know Jesus' bottom line, his summary of the Torah. The greatest commandment declares that a faithful relationship with God is absolutely essential. Loving others flows in response to a loving covenantal relationship first with the Almighty God. A relationship with God must be set and nurtured, and then love for others flows out of the believer. Life itself is all about knowing God and loving him with all of one's being. A power outside of ourselves, the Lord God, our Lord God, is not some background spiritual energy to tap into whenever we feel like it. Our Lord God is Lord, and we come to him desiring to obey. We listen to his word and seek him. What do we know about him? He is one. He is Lord alone. In believing this, we reject anything or anyone else as being at the center of our lives. Only God is. Our Lord God occupies that position all alone. This shapes the whole of life. We must love this Lord with the entirety of our being. We love him above all things with our heart and soul and mind and strength. So what's it mean to love the Lord with all our strength? We put all our resources, all we have in service to him. It's all a gift from him anyway, and it's meant for his purposes. We don't set our own agenda. We don't determine our own path. We don't write our own story. A life of faith is in great contrast to what our popular culture teaches. Our society tells us that self-determination, freedom, and independence are what life is all about. That couldn't be more different from what Christ teaches here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we love him with all we have. Love is not just a feeling, it's an action. This is 
the fundamental statement of faith in God. Everything else is elaboration and commentary. We too are claimed by these words. Jesus uses them to teach the foundations of faith, and we need to listen up. The first word is Shema, hear. We're called to hear the word of God. To really hear the word, we take an active part by listening. The Hebrew word for hear, and what's that word? Shema. Embodies the action of listening. Hearing can make you just think of sounds traveling into your ear and bonking against your eardrum. But what we're really talking about here is listening, the activity of intentional concentration on the word. Through his word, we're instructed in faith. Through the word, the spirit of God works faith in us. To know the direction of our walk in faith, we must know his word. We must listen. That love for God is also expressed in the action of loving others. So Christ adds, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The Shema expresses the foundation not only of Jewish life, but Christian living too. Jesus, God incarnate, the Son of God, obeyed and loved the Father, and he loved others perfectly. If we are to follow him, the desperate desire of our hearts must be to do the same. In James 1, to 24, we get an interesting illustration on applying these principles using the example of a mirror. Here it is. James writes, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For... If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. By hearing the word of God, James says, you see what you're like, what you're meant to be. Looking into the mirror of God's word should help you to do your best. That is, dealing with others as a Christian believer. If, however, you look into the mirror of God's word and neglect to apply it to your life, you will not be loving the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. There is no doubt that our lives in action should reflect and proclaim the gospel. However, we should also be able to articulate the gospel to others verbally. So dig deep in scripture, read the word. If you're not already in one, join a Bible study group. Come to my classes on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings. Embrace all the opportunities then to share the word. So James here says, It's not enough to take a quick look into the mirror of God's word. 
forgetting about it right afterwards. To be a listener and doer of the word means to put your faith in action, showing others how Jesus' life and teaching are reflected in your life. The fact that we are Christians is not meant to be a secret. We hear the word of God proclaimed, and then in turn, we proclaim Jesus with both our mouths and our lives. Amen.